This episode of the EdSurge podcast is brought to you by the Elementary Education Program at Emporia State University. The online master's in elementary education program at Emporia State is designed for career changers interested in becoming elementary teachers. Learn more at emporia.edu grad. That's emporia.edu grad. Hello and welcome to the EdSurge podcast, a weekly look at how education is changing. I'm Jeff Young, an editor and reporter here at EdSearch. College is hard to afford for many students, even in the best of times. And it's not the best of times. All right, now we're living through a pandemic. Social distancing measures are saving lives, but right now there's widespread economic pain with a lot of businesses laying off workers. That has challenged the finances of, of so many college students, some of whom are now really at poverty level. And even for those who can pay the bills, Job prospects after graduation suddenly seem bleak, at a time when many students carry heavy student loan debt. How does that financial stress impact students' studies? And what should educators know about these financial realities? Today, we're talking to two students facing financial challenges as part of our series about how COVID-19 is impacting education. As regular listeners know, we have put out a call to any of you out there to send in stories about challenges you face keeping education going during the coronavirus pandemic. And someone who heard about that call suggested that we talk to today's first guest. That guest is an undergraduate student at the University of Texas at Austin. He asked that we not use his name since he's talking about some tough financial and family issues. This student says he would never have been able to afford to go to UT Austin if it hadn't been for scholarships and financial aid. My dad is a professional juggler for a living. Um, So like he rides a unicycle, he juggles fire, he walks on stilts, um, all of that. But like the nature of being in the entertainment industry is that there's events. um, And so like all of his work canceled. um, And then he usually um, supplements his income with substitute teaching, but then all the schools, shut down um so like and like immediately my parents didn't have any um like income so like my housing environment back at houston um just was not the most like healthy environment like in order for me to continue on with my classes just because there was a lot of like financial stress and like yelling um, so after, like, like basically, like, it, it's, it was, like, an unstable living environment. So then at that point, I decided um, to go back to um, Austin after two weeks. That's so, I mean, the, the, the dominoes that fell to get you there, that's so interesting. I mean, the, all these things are all because of COVID and throwing, throwing people for a, a loop. Dad, buddy, I'm on the phone, buddy. But there's something for Oh, thank you. C- can I open it with you later? Yeah. Sorry, we ha- I have two kids at home, and one of them just burst in. A five-year-old just burst in with a package for me, which is exciting. So what about continuing your studies? Is that happening? Are you able to do that online? Um. So, yeah, all of my classes are online, except... And, like, my professors have been flexible with deadlines, but... It's, like, under normal circumstances, like, I'm at the top of my class, like, I'm going to be graduating with several different types of honors. Um, I just, like, got awarded, like, one of the most prestigious, like, graduation, like, distinctions that you can get. 
Wow, congrats, that's great. Thank you. Um, but like with that said, um, like especially with like, I guess like, like having to move around and like all of the financial stress, like like currently um, I'm loaning my parents um, over a thousand dollars of my FAFSA money that I normally live off of. Um, and then like, I also lost my job and then like my laptop broke, um, which like I was able to get fixed cause it was at the very beginning of like this, but like, like just like seeing my parents be stressed and like, like just in, in like reference to COVID, it's like, yes, there's going to be like stimulus checks, but like, I don't really foresee like there being any work for my dad, like in the next like several months and like we were already in like a financially like risky position because last summer we fell three months behind on our mortgage and we're in like tens of thousand dollars of credit card debt and we don't have health insurance so like basically my point is that like all of this like has and just like having to navigate like moving around and like has made it like i've been under a lot of stress um so like i mean at this point i've like i'm under a routine where one day i will work and do my assignments and like and then like the next day i'll rest but like a week ago like i think like the realization that i'm not like meeting deadlines that i'm used to meeting like kind of sit in because I would describe myself as a perfectionist and I think there was like a two or three day period where I just felt so overwhelmed that like I wasn't eating like <laughs> much at all and then it, yeah. ju it just felt like if I can't eat like how am I going to complete my assignments um like like granted like I communicated with like the professors that like I felt I had a um like personal re relationship with like about like the financial um like circumstances that I'm experiencing so there's been flexibility on deadlines but it's like like I'm still supposed to be completing a like lengthy capstone paper this semester in addition to like other stuff in the next like coming weeks so um it's it's been like really really hard to focus um but um completing stuff to the best of my ability i'm just like falling behind i i can totally sympathize and understand where you're coming from for sure and it feels like i'm sure your professors you're reaching out to um it sounds like they may be listening to to that i mean do you are you feeling like at this point you're right at the end right you do you feel like you'll graduate is it is it are you concerned at all whether you graduate on time or is it more just trying to keep up the level of excellence that you were um you know had done through your whole college career i like i i i think like like I, i'm not concerned with not being able to graduate um i think it like like ultimately like i i feel like i'll be able to get everything in on time so I'm less concerned about that but like it's yeah like I think some of it is just like grappling with like not being able to perform to the standards that I normally like hold myself to and um fortunately like we uh, we're on a pass fail basis so like 
I just need to pass my classes and like um and then like I need to check with my like like I'm a scholarship student so I need to check like to to my understanding like if I just um pass like everything like it'll be fine but they also like the university also like sent out an email saying that if you're like a um like like if you like pass fail everything you should check with like the financial aid office to make sure that um your like financial aid status won't be affected because like some scholarships are like gpa dependent and if you don't have a gpa for this semester then that could like affect something like um but i i i've like done like my first round of checking and to my understanding my scholarships won't be affected um like i'm less so concerned about like graduating and, and more so like concerned about like like before this started i accepted a full-time job offer and i mean it's in an industry in which i think has a lot more job security than like others but like sort of my i mean my, my plan like before this was like to have my job offer to be able to like support my parents financially like and now like especially like my parents need like financial help so like it there's also just like a lot of anxiety in the back of my mind like every day I'm gonna wake up like to like an email saying my like job is like offers rescinded and I don't know like how much of that like anxiety is like um like realistic or not um but like it's just weird like reading a New York Times article describing your graduating, comparing your graduating class to the class of 2009, but then worse. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's my main concern. What do you want like college folks who might listen to this podcast or just to understand about your situation or what people are going through out there? Well, it's to my understanding that, I mean, to become a professor or to be in a higher, in a, in a, like a high position in academia, I think, I think a lot of professors are very distant from people who have experienced poverty and might not understand just the sheer stress that being close to poverty can um, put on someone on a day-to-day basis. Um, so I would just hope that professors would not fail people during this time or just be extremely flexible with deadlines um, because I feel like the lower you are on like this, any socioeconomic spectrum, like the harder it is to be like to focus during this time. So in other words, it sounds like you feel like some of your classmates don't have any of this that we're talking about, about the insecurities around them. And then for you and for, for, for many others, that this is the reality of like wondering about housing, wondering about um, kind of getting the, the, you know, getting the money to deposit back so you can get food and all that. Yeah, like I, I mean, at, like at UT Austin, only 15% of students are even from the bottom 40% and it's like it's it it, it I, I was DMing one of my friends on Twitter like who was also in the same situation where they are loaning their parents like their scholarship money and like 
like my dad currently is now doing like like delivering for Domino's pizza and like DoorDash but it's it's a unique but also stressful position to be in to like not only worry about your own financial security but try like having to support like your family at the same time and then also think about your classes it's just a lot to grapple with um yeah yeah well is there anything else you wanted to add this is i mean this is definitely um i think a, a an important viewpoint to to have out there um um i think i've said like all i have to say but i i, I would just really hope that professors won't fail anyone because i feel as if failing people right now is classist um so yeah after the break we talked to a grad student with six-figure student debt from his undergrad days who's surprisingly upbeat about his situation stay with us do you know someone interested in becoming an elementary teacher emporia state university's 33 credit hour elementary education master's program allows individuals to do just that, regardless of their background of study. The coursework is available online and the clinical classroom experience can be completed at a placement near you, allowing you to earn a master's degree without changing locations. In as little as two years, Emporia students will not only have a master's degree, but they will also be eligible for an elementary education teaching license, depending on their home state's requirements. Send your paras, stay-at-home parents, subs, and anyone else who might be interested to emporia.edu slash grad to learn more. That address again is emporia.edu slash grad. Now back to the episode. So before COVID-19 hit, one of the biggest stories we were covering was the student debt crisis in the U.S. In fact, in January, just a couple months ago, we did an episode of this podcast about student debt and how rising college costs are changing middle-class life. For that episode, I interviewed Daniel Cueto, who took out six-figure debt to go to college at NYU. He's now a grad student at the University of Minnesota. I wanted to see how Daniel was doing now that the world suddenly changed. I'm happy to say he's healthy and safe. He's studying remotely and doing his research. But I asked, how is he thinking about all that debt that he still has to eventually pay off? Um, in relation to my debt, I I think one thing, I mean, I my debt is something that I think of frequently, you know, basically almost every day, um, kind of the gravity of the situation and how, how, um, far reaching the economic ramifications are going to be, um, has actually been a source of, um, peace and calm. Like initially the, the first couple days of the crisis, um, when things were looking pretty tenuous, I, I, I I really couldn't think about, I really forced myself to kind of not think about the student debt and not think of, about it in terms of the crisis, um, just just for my own mental sake and my own own stability and trying to, to allay any anxiety I had. But um, kind of just seeing how far-reaching um, this crisis is affecting people both in terms of, like you mentioned, as a public health crisis, but also as an economic crisis this is huge. Like, I mean, I, I think that this is a potential to be bigger than the Great Recession from a decade ago. I think on par with kind of the, the Great Recession really as kind of the, as, a, as an, ex, an external shock to the economy. But 
everybody, like I have friends who are losing their jobs. We, you know, we're just out of college. They're going unemployed. And these aren't like, these aren't career jobs. These are kind of like, like they were baristas and like working service sector workers. Um, but also at the same time, I mean, some friends and I who got degrees last year, less than a year ago, um, we're really kind of looking down, looking into the future with total uncertainty. So I feel like this is going to be a, um, this is a moment that's really, that really is exposing kind of the fault lines of our economy and where the inequities really lie. You know, like I have students, I'm, I'm working as a TA this semester, and um, I had students who now were transitioning as several universities and, you know, elementary schools, high schools, middle schools, to, over to Zoom. And kind of the, the centrality of technology in education today um, is so crucial. Like I had students who don't have access to a computer, who don't own a laptop, who basically, you know, do their work on, in the library computers. And without access to that, they have no access to like to learn, basically, given how, how education is being reshaped, you know, before our eyes within the past few weeks. So I think that it's going to, um, and, you know, this is all kind of just speculation right now, but um, I think that there is an increasing consensus um, that, like, we really do need um, to really rethink how um, we do several aspects of society, but specifically education, as um, really it's, um, it's kind of affecting all of us right now. It's not as if no, that you're, yeah, like all alone as far as wondering what the job prospects are, for instance. Oh, absolutely. Totally. And I mean, I know that the, I, I have friends in academia who are really concerned um, about kind of the prospects of the job market and how um, like there are several lines that are now that were open for, for, new, um, for new hires that are now closed. Um, I know the University of Minnesota. Um, I, I believe it's, and specifically my college, the College of Liberal Arts, isn't. Um, I think they put in place a hiring freeze. There are some concerns about um, the availability of summer of, of like research funding. So there are, of course, like these. Um, it, it really is a scary moment, but it is really kind of creating the sense of solidarity that as a as a as a younger millennial, I really haven't, you know, like I I lived through nine eleven, but that was kind of I, I was really young, and that was kind of an ephemeral, fleeting, patriotic moment, you know. But this is really on, on an international level. Um, I don't. This is really something that's quite unprecedented. But the how like the, the new forms of solidarity that are being um, produced and created are really heartening. I, I, I do recognize that um, it's, they're very easy. It's very easy for them to turn, to, to turn into more kind of malicious um, ends. But, um, you know, I'm trying to be as hopeful as possible because um, I really don't think there's anything else I could do, you know? So. Yes. I, that, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm certainly not trying to, to worry you even more. No, 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 no. Totally. Totally. We're, we're, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the, um, it, you know, it will be interesting, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the academic job market, because that's, I mean, that's probably where you were thinking of heading next, right, after grad school, um, guessing. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, or is there anything I'm forgetting or, or not not asking, as far as just, like, the impact of this on, on your um, studies, outlook, anything? Um. You know, I mean, not for me personally, I, I, I want to kind of just like, like really kind of emphasize the fact that I do kind of see myself, um, you know, kind of despite the fact that I carry this really um, burdensome, you know, 
all these burdensome loans um, and everything. I've, the students, especially the undergraduate students, and I know that there are graduate students in similar situations, but because most graduate students or at least most PhD students do receive income um, as, a, as a part of their education, um, I feel like I've been um, quite fortunate um, throughout this. Um, I, I mean, I'm just looking at undergraduate students who's, um, you know, who commute to and from home, who don't have a, a space to, um, to work and to focus and to concentrate. Like I mentioned, access to technology is huge. <laughs> um, something that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have, I'm fortunate enough to have an apartment with Wi-Fi, with my own quiet space, you know, um, and it's really, I mean, as, as, every, um, as every crisis of this kind and any recession, you know, um, natural disaster, as it all kind of lays bare, is that these crises do kind of fall um, along and are affected by, or are felt by um, people along socioeconomic lines, uh, along lines of race and class. So, I mean, that's um, something that, that I'm mindful of, and I think we need to constantly be mindful of, but um, with that acknowledgement comes like a real sense of gratitude and um, recognition on my part that I am <laughs> fortunate, you know, enough to be able to like, um, have my own space, not to need to interact with people in, a, in any sort of proximate way. Um, so I consider myself lucky. That's all I can really say right now. So. I, I do too. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your, your perspective with us. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. This has been the Ed Surge Podcast. At a time where we're all isolated in our homes, we're hoping you'll give us a window into your life during COVID-19 by sharing a short voice memo. Just make it one to two minutes or so and tell us about a surprising or challenging moment, whether you're a student or an instructor or a school or a college leader, we hope you'll contribute. Just use your smartphone's voice memo app and send the clip to me at jeff at edsurge.com. Or you could just email me a short note um, and maybe I'll call you up to, to interview you to get your view for the podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. And if you like the show, please share it on social media. Spreading the word is the best way to support the show. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jeff Young. Special thanks this week to our unstoppable managing editor, Tony Wan. We'll be back next week with more on how education is changing, and which these days means how COVID-19 is changing education. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.